Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for the 25th of February, 2024. Flyers Daily, as always, presented by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live. Wow, what a game yesterday between the Flyers and the Rangers. I'm not a firm believer. Let me make this statement right here out of the gate. I'm not a firm believer and and one of those guys that buys into the, well, we deserved a better fate. You hear that a lot thrown around in sports. Guys play great. We deserved a better fate. Well, that can be the case on the rare occasion. I did not. I saw it a lot on social media about yesterday's game, the two-one loss against the Rangers. I didn't feel that that was one of those games where I go, "Yeah, the Flyers play great, but they deserved a better fate." I because I don't believe that. I thought that they did played very well. I thought they played incredibly hard. I thought that for. Probably more of the game they outplayed the Rangers than the Rangers outplayed them. I thought that the Flyers had a couple of elements to their game that prevented them from winning. Um, mainly, the lack of traffic around Igor Shesterkin, in particular in the first half of the game. I thought that that's what really kind of hurt them in this game. So while I do think that in total, they probably outplayed the Rangers, in total... Um, they had more opportunities to score than the Rangers, but I don't feel like this is a game where I go, they deserved a better fate. Now, they did do one thing that I've talked about quite a bit here on Flyers Daily that I think is really important for them to do down the stretch to put themselves in a position to get a playoff spot, and that is limit the amount of damage that the star or the top talent of the opposition performs in a game when you play against them. And I've cited Nathan McKinnon and Nikita Kucherov and David Pasternak and Austin Matthews. And this was a game where you go against the New York Rangers and you hold Artemi Panarin, you hold Mika Zibanejad, you hold Chris Kreider to nothing. Um, You did a good job of limiting the damage that those players could do. I didn't think any of those players really shown incredibly great in the game either. I think that they really were very aware when all three of those guys were on the ice. And I talk about it quite a bit that a coaching tactic that I firmly believe in is I'm going to take away your strength and you need to beat me with your weakness. And if you beat me with your weakness and I do a good job taking away the strength of your team as an opposition, then I go, asalu, good job. Somebody else stepped up and got the win. And to an extent, that is what happened when a guy like Matt Rempe scores the game-winning goal, his first in the NHL, I think in his fifth game, you know, just for parking it in front of Sam Erson with that 6'8", 250-pound frame. But the only thing that's missing out of that is the fact that Igor Shesterkin, to me, was the difference in the game. It was a really, really well-goaltended game at both ends of the ice. One guy, Shesterkin, was much busier than the other guy, Sam Erson, in the game. Shots were 40-24 to in the Flyers' favor. Shesterkin makes 39 saves on 40 shots, and uh, Erson makes 22 saves on 24 Ranger shots. Um, Erson made an unbelievable save um, just prior to, to the uh, goal for the New York Rangers that opened the scoring when Alex Lafreniere scored the opening goal. 
but he also had an opportunity off a kind of a cross-ice down-low pass to the left side and then cuts across to the right side, and Erson's able to get back over and get his left pad on it. That was an unbelievable save. I thought Erson played really well in the game also. So let's get to kind of the details. Flyers, you know, really strong in the faceoff circle, winning 63.3% of the draws, but the scoring gets open. Flyers are on a uh, four-minute penalty kill, and then with about a minute 20 left in that that power play, they're having a really good PK. Matter of fact, they had a great offensive opportunity when Scott Lawton hit the crossbar. And they have great opportunity. This is now in the second period. And then without a minute 20 left in that five on four of the double minor for Gar- that Garnet Hathaway took, uh, Panarin took a penalty. So you go to four on four. And that's when the goal ensues. I thought Vincent Trocek really did a great job setting this goal up as he moved up the ice with a ton of speed up the middle, more ice out there with the four on four than a five on five kind of attacks the middle of the ice, shades slightly to the left, and drops it off for Lafreniere, who uses the dreaded, for the goaltender, layered double uh, double screen. It's a flyer player, and it's also a New York Ranger. Uh, I think it was Eric Gustafson that's going kind of to the net and comes across the vision of Sam Harrison as he kind of lifts up a little bit and to look around the screen. He's looking to the middle of the net. The puck is to, slightly to his right side on an angle on the stick of Lafreniere. You know, Lafreniere recognized that. I, I truly believe that top-level offensive scorers in hockey have an ability um, to put the puck where it's not – the laws of inertia apply. So they'll see that a goaltender is loaded on his right leg and it's going to be hard for him to move in a certain direction based on – how his body is positioned. And I don't just mean in stature, I mean in load, where their weight is distributed. Because sometimes if you're getting ready to push to your left, you're loaded on your right leg to push, and it's easy to push in that direction of the shot. If they shoot it to that left side, to your glove side, you're moving into the save. But if you're loading on that and then they shoot the other way, it's hard to react back the other way because of the laws of inertia. But you didn't think you were going to get this lesson today. Um and really good players know how to do that. Really good players do what Lafreniere did here as well. They, he does a toe drag where he's pulling the puck into his body to disguise the release because he's got Sean Walker, I believe it is there, as a screen to hide the release of the shot. And as he does that, he sees that Erson lifts just a tiny bit. And when a goaltender lifts just a tiny bit, it's now going to take longer for him to get down and seal the along-the-ice shot. And where does Lafreniere shoot it? Hard shot on a toe drag along the ice, five-hole. That's And the reason why he's able to do that is because as Harrison's looking on the screen, there's a slight lift and look, and that's enough for him not to be able to get down the seal. If he stays down and he's in his crouch and he's got a clear sight and he doesn't have to lift and look, the butterfly, just it's a collapse. It's just boop, like this. But as soon as you lift, it goes to down, then collapse. And it's that microsecond that is the difference. And that's how Lafreniere scores the goal, in my estimation. So that opens the scoring, one nothing Rangers. End the second period with the Rangers up one to nothing. So we head to the third. Uh, getting back in for the first time in quite some time was Tyson Forster. He comes in the lineup, Travis connecting out. Uh, Forster comes in and a 236. Tremendous play here by a couple of players. First and foremost, covering the point is Nick Delarier for Travis Sanheim, who activated prior. And Delarier, a former NHL defenseman, that's how he came into the game, not – you know, 
taken back by being in that spot, gets a puck, and then has like a shot pass to the net that deflects. And Sanheim is already activated and in the zone. He ends up corralling that puck on the shot. It was a smart play by Delarier. And then Sanheim gets it, gets it behind the net to Lawton, who kind of is falling down and does a wraparound pass to Tyson Forster, who puts it in past the sprawling Igor Shosturkin. Um, but good play by Delarier there. And Sanheim, you know, good, get it to Lawton quick down low. Then it becomes a low to high play, which is everybody knows I love. Um, so good finish by Tyson Forster, his 11th of the season. That ties it at one. But at 631, just uh, a little less than four minutes later, it's Matt Rempe, who in the first period had a fight of the ages with Nick Delarier. Now, Nick Delarier is an old school heavyweight. He's one of the toughest guys in the league, has been for the entirety of his career. Rempe is a young player. We actually saw Rempe in the uh, the rookie game at PPL Center in Allentown when the Flyers took when the Flyers prospects took on the Rangers prospects or the rookies and he had a fight in that game and he is an enormous guy six foot eight 250 pounds put that on skates that's basically Joel Embiid an enormous guy on skates and he goes at it with Nick Delarier and it's tough to get inside on Rempe I mean you got a guy with those arms that long, it's tough to get in there and actually be able to reach them to hit them. Uh, but they go back and forth. There must have been 40, 40 punches thrown. Eventually, the nuance of Delarier to kind of grab the jersey and wrinkle it in a way and get it over the head of Rempe uh, leans the decision in Delarier's favor. And they had that great scrap early. But it's Rempe who positions himself right on the edge of the crease. And give him credit, he was not in the crease. But he positions himself right on the edge of the crease, taking the eyes away from Sam Arison. Arison's got to default down into the butterfly as Barkley Goudreau sends in a shot there, hits off Rempe, ends up in the back of the net. And that's your game winner. So for all that star power that we talked about before of Panarin, let me give you Panarin's line. In the game, 21 minutes, 17 seconds, 24 shifts, two shots on goal. 446 on the power play, 1631 even strength. He didn't do much. I didn't think he. I thought he made one really nice cross ice pass in the offensive zone. I, I really didn't see much out of him. Zabanejad, twenty minutes and nine seconds, one shot on goal. Didn't do much. Four twenty nine on the power play, two twenty on the PK. Um, we talk about Kreider. He's another one of those guys. Seventeen thirty four in the game on twenty four shifts, one shot on goal. They did a great job controlling those guys and really not letting those top-end players beat them. And look, when you when you give up only two goals in the NHL, you should win most games, provided you can score more than two, or in this case, more than one. Um, but you look at the play of Vincent Trocek, who's been really good lately, 26-36 on, time on the ice, 441 on the power play, 213 shorthanded, 1942 even strength, including four-on-four four time, where he sets up Alex Lafreniere goal. I thought Barkley Goodrow was good in the game as well, and he only played 12-25. So Flyers did a good job controlling the opposition, but it was really, it was Shesterkin. 39 saves on 40 shots for the New York Rangers. Now, Flyers in the game, as I mentioned, they get Tyson Forster back. He ends up with the goal, four shots on goal. Owen Tippett, 10 shots on goal in 22 minutes and 39 seconds. It's Needham to find the back of the net. So important, obviously. Uh, Morgan Frost over 20 minutes. Sean Couturier, 16.03. And Couturier, glorious opportunity in the waning seconds. 
Puck comes off the end boards, gets it on his backhand. He's seemingly going to shovel this right into an open net, but it's on the backhand. It's on a sharp angle, and he just catches the post. And as it catches the post, I thought the way it hit the post, it was very likely going to hit the post and hit off the back of Shesterkin and go into the net. Somehow it missed Shesterkin too. Just one of those opportunities that uh, Sean Couturier needed to go in. It just didn't happen. And look, Flyers played good, but did they deserve a better fate? More traffic around Shesterkin may have changed that fate. You got to you got to put tons of traffic around a goaltender of that caliber. His numbers against the Flyers going in, 10 games played against the Flyers, a 936 save percentage, a 2.08 goals against average. You know, those that you, you, you've got to put tons of traffic around him. you got to create more opportunities. you got to up the IQ of the shots so you can shoot for rebounds and, you know, broken plays and, and try and beat him that way because it's going to be very difficult to beat him on clear-sighted shots. There was a lot of clear-sighted shots that I thought he just ate. He just ate up and slowed the game down uh, when his team needed him to, so – Really fun day of hockey. I thought it was an unbelievably entertaining game. Rangers tie a franchise record for their 10th straight win. I can't believe that they've never won more than 10 in a row. They've played over 6,700 hockey games as a franchise, uh, but they tie a franchise record with their 10th straight win, 2-1 uh, to one over the Philadelphia Flyers. Now, Flyers can't sulk on it. They don't have time to. They're back in action today at 3.30 in Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh's been sitting there waiting for them. Pittsburgh hasn't played since they beat the Montreal Canadiens on Thursday, 4-1. to Flyers are coming in right off the hop, right off the game yesterday, and there was a lot of emotion in yesterday's game. They got to find a way to grab that emotion and crank it up again in just a couple of hours, which is not, in my opinion, not an easy thing to do. It's like in the NFL, after you play a team where there's a ton of emotion, getting up the next week is always difficult. You're playing a Penguins team. They are inferior. Penguins in 54 games, 25-21-8, and 58 points, a .537 points percentage, 20th in the NHL. They score less than three a game, 2.91. They give up 2.65. They've actually been pretty good defensively this year. Uh, but, you know, you look at the, the situation today, and is this the rested team of the Pittsburgh Penguins against the tired, strong team in the Philadelphia Flyers that, you know, spilled it yesterday against the Rangers? We'll see. I don't know. What I do know is the two power plays in this game, not good. Flyers 13% on the year. Penguins 13.9%, which is stunning to me considering they went out and got Eric Carlson, which I still can't figure out why. But nonetheless, it's Flyers and Pittsburgh today and what is a hugely important game now to grab two points. Pittsburgh, like I said, sitting in the seventh spot in the division, 58 points, nine points back of the Flyers. Devils did win yesterday. They grabbed two points. They're now within five of the Flyers and have a game in hand. Uh, the Caps uh, are in action last night. As of recording, that game is not over. The Islanders played yesterday, lost, so they didn't gain any ground. Uh, but it's the Flyers and the Penguins today and uh, the Keystone State rivalry. And the real question is, is can the Flyers ratchet up the, the, the adrenaline and the intensity and overcome the fact that they played yesterday and the Penguins haven't played since Thursday. It, that'll be interesting to see. Today is a really interesting game. Will they deserve a better fate? I don't know. Uh, but I saw a lot of that about yesterday's game on social media, and I don't necessarily buy it in regards to yesterday's game. A really fun game, though, and a really fun day of hockey. Uh, great vibe in that building. I'd say the crowd was about 70-30. Flyers to Rangers fans. I think a lot of Ranger fans bought tickets before 
this market, Philadelphia, before they knew the Flyers would be in the position they're in. So we'll, we'll continue to weed out the, the Ranger fans and the New York influence in the building. It'll always be there because it's cheaper to come to Philadelphia to see a game than it is to go to Madison Square Garden, no matter what the situation. So that'll continue to happen. It was a step in the right direction yesterday. Uh, but uh, they did not grab any points in the standings, and at this time of year, that's what matters most. They'll see if they can do that coming up today against the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, everybody, enjoy your hockey today. We'll, we'll be back tomorrow. Bill Meltzer and I on Mondays with Meltzer Edition. So join us then on a brand-new Flyers Daily.